Hey, what's up, friends? We all doing okay? All right, good. Okay, is good. Today's an interesting, an interesting day here at Babel on Talmud. We are learning Daf Mem of Masech de Brachos. A few interesting things over here. Um, can you talk after you say the Bracha of Hamotzi on bread? That's an interesting one. What about, um, then we move on to a few um, health tips from the resident um, Gemara doctors about what you should eat that are good for you. We'll then move on to the Bracha of Boi Priya Eitz, Boi Priya Dhamma, Shakon Okay, Bracha on mushrooms. What Bracha do you make on mushrooms and why? So, we do have some interesting things over here, friends. So, without further ado. Okay. Starting Mamish at the top of Daf Mem Amr Aleph. And here we go. Amr Av Tobruch, Tobruch, Eino Tzarech Levarech. Oh. So, interestingly enough, Rashi and also Tosfos seem to be learning this as referring to after you make the bracha on, on, on bread, right? So, Mamish, you say, and then you're like, and then you say, okay, everyone take. You haven't even eaten bread yet. And you're just like, all right, here's a, here you go. And you start giving out pieces. And you're like, all right, everybody take. That seems to be okay. You wouldn't have to make a new bracha. That's not considered a hefsek. Because as Rashi says, That's on the first thin line of Rashi. It says, this, this talking is actually a part of the need for the bracha. You know, it's, it's on, on subject. Telling everyone to just take some bread. So it's not considered a hefsek. Not considered an interruption. Totally interesting. That between when you make the bracha and when you give out the bread, you can actually talk as long as it's related to um, the bread. Now, you know, I mean, I, like everyone always says, like, pass the salt, right? It's like kind of cute also, right? Because you're allowed to do it. It's really fun. Um, but usually that's, we assume that that's like before you make the bracha. Kilo after you wash and everyone's kind of sitting there quietly. So you can be like, oh, could somebody bring the salt, right? But this is saying, you know, Rashi seems to be understanding this in Tosfus as well, is that actually even... After you make the bracha, before you actually eat the bread, you can um, say these things. Now, the halacha, I don't know that we do this, but it's interesting to note that Rashi and Tosfos seem to be assuming that it's after you made the bracha, before you eat. Okay? However, you would not be able to say, hey, somebody passed the salt, can somebody bring the relish, which I guess is like a hummus kind of thing, right? So according to Rab, you know, after you make the bracha, you could say, okay, everyone, you know, take some bread, even before you've eaten, um, but you wouldn't be able to say pass the salt or pass the uh, relish, okay? Rabbi Yochanan Amr Afilu Haviu Melach Haviu Lifton Nami and Otsarach Levarich. And Rabbi Yochanan says, no, you can even say, you know, pass the salt, pass the relish, that kind of a thing. Um, uh, that, 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 would, that would not be considered an interruption either. Gvilatori, Gvilatori, Otsarach Levarich. However, Rabbi Yochanan says that if you make the brach on bread and then you say, hey, somebody go organize the food for the ox, um, that would be a problem, and you would have to repeat the bracha. Rav says that no, even to instruct somebody to go knead the um, uh, ox food for the ox, um, that would be acceptable. It wouldn't be considered a hefsek, and a hefsek you would not have to repeat the bracha. It's forbidden for somebody to eat. Before he first organizes food for his animal, Shneimar, as the pasuk says, it's in the second chapter, the second paragraph of uh, of Shema. That he'll give um, grass in the field for your animal. And only after that, the pasuk says, "You will eat and you will be satisfied." Very good. 
Very good. So we see that first you should organize the food for your animal before organizing food for yourself. Um, so that's why Rav Shesha says you can even say, you know, go organize some food for the ox after you make the bracha on bread and before you actually eat the bread. Very, very interesting stuff. Okay, moving on. How come we put salt on our bread, right? On Shabbos, right? We always make sure to have salt. How come? What, what's the deal with salt? So it says, Rav Bashmu, the name of So Rav Bashmu says, the name of that whoever is sort of, you know, breaking the bread, whoever is making the bracha and, you know, dishing out the bread, he doesn't, he waits, right? Until everybody has, you know, salt or some kind of relish or hummus or salatim or dips um, in front of in front of them. And what it means in front of each and every person, I, I'm assuming what it means, or I'm envisioning that back then they used to, you know, lean on couches, and I, guess, I think everybody had their own table, and, that, and that's how they would eat. You know, everyone had their own couch and their own table. Sounds very cool. So, anyways, basically they would bring in front of everybody their own kilu salatim course. So, Rava Bar Shmuel is saying in the name of Rabbi that you know, if somebody is making a bracha on the bread for everybody, he should wait until everybody has either salt or some kind of a relish or dip um, in front of them for the bread. Okay, fine. How come? Let's see. Rav Bashmuel equal the Reish So now one time, the same Rav Bashmuel visited the Reish Kilusa. Now, honestly, I'm not exactly sure what the Reish Kilusa is, but I think it was like some kind of political position. It was a Jew who was in some kind of political position in, uh, I guess, Babylon. And he would be like a liaison, I guess, to the ruler. Um, but anyways, it was some kind of powerful person, some kind of political position. And anyways, so this Rav Bar Shmuel was visiting the Reish Galusa one time. And Afikulei Rifta, so they brought him some bread. And he immediately, you know, ate it. I Meaning he made the bracha, he washed, whatever. But he didn't wait for them to bring salt or hummus. So Amulei, Hadamar Mishmaite. So they said to him, wait, wasn't your opinion that like you don't make a bracha on the bread until you have salt or some kind of hummus or something. So Amrulu lays Dain Sarikh Bishash. He says, Yeah, but that's not really relevant here because this bread is so good, it doesn't need the salt or the hummus. Okay? So it sounds like basically the whole point of, of bringing salt or some kind of a dip or something like that would be in order so that the bread should taste really good. That it's not, you're not just making a brach on plain bread. They should have something on it. It's more of like a sandwich or a dip or something like that. Right? But he was saying that this bread is such so high quality that it doesn't need any help. It doesn't need salt or a dip or something like that. So, you know, that's interesting. And especially like nowadays, I guess, if you're getting like a nice, beautiful loaf of bread from some nice bakery, you don't, strictly speaking, necessarily need to have salt. Tosa says something interesting, which is that, you know, even if the you don't need the, the salt for the bread, they said, however, you know, once everybody washes and you're just kind of sitting at the table, you're doing nothing and waiting for everybody else to wash. So then the Satan, the Satan comes and he's like, starts to say, look at these slackers are just sitting around doing nothing so then the salt that's sitting there on the table will protect them because it will remember god of the of the uh, uh covenant that he made with the salt that it will you know go on the korbanot with the korbanot and the mizbeach and that and that protects the yidin in that circumstance which is very interesting so once already we mentioned rabba bar shmuel in the name of rabbi so we say some other interesting stuff which I would think would have belonged at the end of the third parak when we were talking about all the other bathroom kind of stuff, but I guess we didn't mention Rav Bar Shmuel over there, so we're doing it here. Oh, very nice. So when you urinate, so in order to get all of that urine out, the best way to do it would be if you're standing. 
No, if you're sitting. If you're sitting, then you can really get all the urine out. But if you're standing, um, you're not going to get it all out. And Rashi says, because if you're standing, you're concerned that maybe, um, I guess, towards the end of your peeing, it's going to um, somehow, uh, you, the, the, it'll, it'll bounce off of the ground and get on you. So therefore, you're going to like cut it short. Rav Kana says, but if it's soft ground, where I guess you're not concerned about it like deflecting off the ground and getting on your leg or something, so then, then it's okay. Then, well, then I guess even standing, you'll be able to get all of that urine out. Or another solution would be, even if there's no soft dirt, um, to stand on like a mountain and then pee off the mountain because it, it, um, it won't drip on you because it's going down a mountain. Sweet. And Very good. Some, uh, some sort of uh, nutritional health um, information, which is that uh, after you eat, eat salt. After you drink, drink water. And then you won't get damaged. Sweet. All right. I don't, I don't know if it means like take like a spoonful of salt or maybe it means like eat maybe some kind of like a savory kind of dessert, maybe like a, I don't know, barrecas or something. I don't know. But anyways, that's, uh, that's the pro tip. We also learn a brice like this. Okay, we also have a brice that says the same exact thing. Right? After, whatever, after you eat, eat salt. And after you drink, drink water. And you won't get damaged. We have a different price that says the opposite. Well, it says the same thing, but from the opposite perspective. What if he ate and then didn't follow it with a, salt, a salty thing? What if he drank and then didn't drink water? Uh-oh. If it's during the day, you might get bad breath. Oi. And at night, it gets far worse. You have to be concerned about Asra. Now, if you remember from Chesamad Aleph, Asra, it says there are 903 ways that a person can die. The worst one was Asra. So, that's pretty bad. So, I guess you should always drink water after you drink other things. Ah, I guess drink water and eat salt. That seems to be the recommendation. Sweet. Taner Abanan. Hamak So, anybody who basically drowns is food in water, he won't get any stomach diseases. So I guess if like while you're drinking, you drink lots of water. So that seems to be a recommended way to go. How much water should you drink? So I guess for every uh, loaf of bread, you should have one ketone of water. Now, I think a ketone is just like a pitcher. I don't know how big the pitcher is, but I guess you should drink lots of water. I don't know. Oh, very nice. So says of Mari, the name of Yochanan, if you have uh, lentils every 30 days, so about roughly once a month, um, you don't have to worry about this terrible disease of Askara. But don't have lentils every day. My time is to because you'll get bad breath. Okay. And uh, Mari says the name of Yochanan that if you have mustard, Every 30 days, so you won't get sick. Nice. 
but uh, don't 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 have mustard every day. My time. How come? It's bad for your heart. Too much mustard, not good for the heart. Okay, very good. Oh, if you eat herring, if you eat up a small fish, herring, sardines, so then um, you won't come to get uh, stomach stomach uh, sicknesses. Okay. Or not only that. Wow, but small fish, they like, they, they do wonders for the body. They make them, it makes it fruitful and grow and healthy, all great stuff for the body. So, um, it's good to eat fish. Okay, very good. Very good. Amar B'chama B'rabchanino, Harago B'ketzach in Ubali Dekev Lev, says B'chama B'rabchanino, that somebody who uh, eats um, cumin seeds, he won't get a um, he won't get heart disease. Okay, very good. Mesiv, one second. We have a we have a brace that says Reb Shimon Gamliel Omer Ketzach Echad Mishishim Samani Amavesu Vayashin LeMizoch Gorno Tamo Beroshov. One second. Reb Shimon Gamliel said that um, cumin seeds are actually one of sixty um, um, poisons. Okay, Vayashin LeMizoch Gorno, and somebody who sleeps to the east of like its storage facility. And the wind is going to blow at night, and he's going to breathe it in. Dama Barosho, like his blood is on his own head. Kilu, he's going to die. Okay, so on the one hand we said that uh, cumin seeds like is good for your heart, but on the other hand we said it's also bad for your life. So like, what's the deal? Lokasha habarecho habetaimo. It depends. If you smell it, that's that's like no good, right? Which is why if you like sleep. You know, to the east of its storage facility, you breathe it in when you when you're sleeping. Bad news. However, to eat it is good for the heart. Now, the um, Rabbi Yirmiya's mom, she would bake him bread with these um, cumin seeds, but then before serving it to him, she would remove all the cumin seeds. So that so that way, she was able to infuse the taste. Um, in the bread, so it would be good for his heart. Yet um, she removed the uh, dangerous, the, right, the danger, the threat to his life. Very nice. Rabbi Yehuda says that on vegetables you don't say bepriadama, you say Okay. So it says chinina, but the Gideon changes it to rabchanina. So we're going to do that also. Some of Zera vitem rabchanina by Papa. Zot Some say it's talk rabchanina by Papa. Allah is not like Rabbi We don't say boy mini the on vegetables. We say boy piyadama. Bama observe vitem rab chanina by papa my time with Rabbi How come Rabbi Yehuda says to say boy mini the not to say boy piyadama? Amar ka baruch Hashem yom yom. Oh, pausing until him says that we praise God every single day. One second, we only praise Him during the day. We don't praise Him at night. Ella lo malacha koyom bayom tenlo mein berchosa. No, what it's teaching you of Baruch Hashem Yom Yom is that every single day you should give the appropriate uh, blessings for that day. So on Shabbos, you have like a Shabbos, you have Shabbos blessings and Shabbos Shmon Esrei and stuff. Yom Tiv, you have Yom Tiv blessings. So also, Hachanami here too, Komin Vamintein Lomein Merchosov. Every single, you know, um, species, give it its proper blessing. So don't just say Bari Priyadama for everything that comes from the ground. Rather from, on vegetables, you say Bari Minei Deshaim. On, you know, things like wheat, you'll say Bari Minei Zraim, as we saw the other day. Okay, very nice. Vam Rabzer, Vitem Rab Chanina by Papa. 
Come and see that the way of God is not like the way of man. The way that things work in the physical world is that if you have a, a, a vessel that is filled up, right? Let's say you have a pitcher that's filled with water. You can't put any more, any more water in there. It's already filled. It's not like that with the Torah. It's not like that with spirituality. Or really, I'd imagine with any intellectual pursuit. But let's see. If, if, if you're whole, right, meaning if you already started learning, so then you'll continue learning. But if you never start learning, if you're empty from like learning, so then, so then you're, so it's much harder to start. Shneamar, as the puzzle says, tishma. If you, right, surely hear. But we learn, like if you already hear, so then tishma, you will continue to hear. tishma, right? But if you have not heard anything, i.e., you're empty, so then you won't, you know, even get filled up, you, you, won't, you won't listen. Okay? Oh, if you listen to the old stuff, i.e., you review what you've learned, right? Rashi says, that you go over and you review what you learned last year, two times, three times, so then you'll be able to hear new things. I, I imagine it means that like, you'll learn new things and you'll remember those things because you, you review everything. But if you just kind of learn it once and then never get back to it, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to hear it in the future. Right? You're never going to get back to it. You're never going to remember it. So that's sort of a plug for reviewing what you learn. Cool. So if you said the bracha of Borei Priya Adama on an apple, right? Now, of course, the bracha on an apple is Borei Priya but you said Borei Priya Adama. Yatsa, itaka works. But if you take Epis of Cucumber and you say Borei Priya on it, that doesn't work. Yeah, you have to say Borei Priya Adama. Okay. But on either one, if on the apple or on the cucumber, you said you said it works. Alright. Cool. So from the fact that we're saying that you could say theoretically on an apple, so that means that basically the main part of the tree is really the ground, right? So meaning normally you should say, right, God who created the fruit of the tree. But theoretically, if you said God who created the fruit of the ground on an apple, even though it really comes from a tree, it works. So in order for that to work, that would mean that by saying that um, this apple is a fruit of the ground is accurate. So in order for that to be true, that would mean that really the main thing of the tree is really the ground. So by saying the fruit of the ground, it's technically true for the apple as well. So who, who, who says that? So I'm of Nachum by Yitzchak, Rabbi Yehuda, Taka Rabbi Yehuda, Ditnan, or as we learn in a Mishnah. So this Mishnah is in the context of Bikurim. Okay? What are Bikurim? Bikurim are the first fruits. Okay? Bikurim are the first fruits, right? If you, and it applies to seven species of Israel. So let's just take dates, for example. If you have a, a, you know, a date grove, uh, so you would take the dates, you would uh, take the first ones and bring them to Jerusalem, and you would say this whole kind of thing about, you know, oh, God took us out of Egypt, and now I'm in Israel, and I'm bringing my first fruits. Um, and part of what we say over there is Minha Adama. Right, right, right. We, we, or technically, really, it's actually not mina adama. It's really vevesias rachis priya adama. Right, that I'm giving you the first fruits of my of my ground. So now here, so now that's what bikurim is. Okay. Now here's the thing over here. There's something you have to understand for a second. There is something called a beit hashlachin. Okay, this comes up at the beginning of Moed Katan. Basically, what a beit hashlachin, or yeah, beit hashlachin, or sedei beit hashlachin, whatever it is, it's basically a a field that um, doesn't get enough rainwater. So you have to help it out. 
you have to add some kind of irrigation system where like a stream kind of goes through the field and through that stream it irrigates the field okay so now so what happens we have a mission that says yavishamayan so so what happens if you had some stream going through your field irrigating your field and that is how let's say your date tree um, managed to thrive through this irrigation system and now you bring your 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 fruits to Jerusalem but the thing is this stream actually dried out so now actually the source for your trees or right the source of the irrigation for your field is basically ruined so on the one hand you're coming to Jerusalem and saying that I'm bringing my fruit that comes from my 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 field but the field is sort of defined by its ability to grow fruit and it's no longer able to to grow fruit right so can you still say that you're bringing these fruits from like my field but my field is kind of like um, broken at this point right or what what or what if like the tree that it came from was like cut down so again you're bringing these fruits but sort of you know how are you coming to God and saying wow God look I have this great field and I'm bringing you my fruits but the field is now basically defunct right so maybe vein okore so, so according to the Tanakhama, you would still bring the fruits to, 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 to Jerusalem, but you wouldn't say the statement of like, wow, God, thank you so much for giving me this amazing food and this amazing field and ground and land and, and look what it's producing, right? You wouldn't say that because at this point, you're basically, your, your ground is unable to produce that fruit. So you still bring it, but you don't say that statement. Rabbi maybe Bukhari. Rabbi says that, no, you would bring your first fruit and you would still read that statement. Why would you read that statement? Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, the main thing is really the ground. The fact that the tree fell down, the tree is really just getting sustained from, 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 from the ground. Or, or, even, or, right, or, or even when I guess you have this irrigation system that is broken right now. So it doesn't matter because it's not about the irrigation system, it's about the land. It's about, it's about the ground. So here also, you know, when you're making a bracha on, on you're saying boy prayer eights, Really, the main thing there, you know, sure, we're more specific that it came from the tree, not from the ground, but the, but the ground is really the main thing, and therefore it would be Rabbi Yehuda who says that you could say Bere Pri Adama on an apple. Theoretically, you should really say Bere Pri but if you say Bere Pri Adama on an apple, it'll work. All right, exciting stuff. Amar, okay, so Alperas Haaretz Bechule. So now the, the Mishnah had said that if um, on a vegetable, if Epis on a cucumber, you said boy pray eights, it wouldn't work. So the Gemara says, Pshita, obviously you can't say boy pray eights on a cucumber. It's not a tree. So Mavnachim by Yitzchak, lo Nitzchak ela Rabbi Yehuda. Oh. So it says Mavnachim by Yitzchak that the reason why the Mishnah had to say that you can't say boy pray eights on something that's boy pray adama, it's for the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. What's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda? The Amar Chita min ilan hu he that Rabbi Yehuda actually said that wheat is a kind of tree. So I would have thought that maybe I could say Bari Priya Eitz on wheat. We know, of course, as from the Gemara that said, a koses, a sachita, says Bari Priya Adama. So we know that wheat, of course, is Bari Priya Adama. But Rabbi Yehuda refers to um, wheat as a tree. So maybe if I would say Bari Priya Eitz on wheat, it would work. Where does Rabbi Yehuda refer to wheat as a tree? So in a very interesting b'risa, what was the fruit that Adam Arishon ate, right, that Adam and Chava ate in Gan Eden? So the Tanya, Elon Shachum Menu Adamarishon, the tree that Adamarishon ate from, Rabbi Meir Omar Gefen Haya. Rabbi Meir said that the fruit from the Eitzadas of the tree of knowledge was a grapevine. The tree of knowledge was a grapevine. How do we know that it was a grapevine? Because you don't have somebody that brings like 
woefulness, like, you know, bad stuff on a person, um, except for wine. As amazing as wine is, the fact that we make all sorts of birchos and mitzvah, it also is a source for um, negative things. Right? Noah drank from wine and he got wasted, got super drunk, and kind of embarrassed himself in front of his kids. And all sorts of other stuff that the Gemara says in Sanhedrin. So, so here also, Adam Arishon ate from the Esadas, and the next thing you know, there's death was introduced into the world. So therefore, says Rabbi Meir, it must be that the fruit of the Eitz was actually a grape. Interesting. Rabbi Nechemia Omer Rabbi Nechemia says the uh, tree of knowledge was a fig tree. That in the same thing that they messed up with, i.e. the same tree whose fruit they ate, they then used the leaves of the same tree to make clothing, to cover themselves, because they realized that they were naked. Right? It says in the Pasuk that then, all of a sudden, once they ate from the Tree of Knowledge, they were aware of the fact for the first time that they were naked. So they made clothing out of fig leaves. So Rabbi Nehemiah says, look, the fact that they made uh, um, clothing out of fig leaves indicates that the fruit that they ate was taka, a fig. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, it was actually wheat. The Eitz Adas was wheat. Because we're calling it the tree of knowledge. What is the food that represents knowledge? Wheat represents, represents knowledge because a child, you know, at the time that he is able, or the time that the child is able to, um, you know, say Abba and Ima, um, that is around the time that the child begins eating wheat. Okay, so wheat is associated with knowledge, and that's why Rabbi argues that the uh, tree of knowledge was actually wheat. New. No. So if he's saying that the tree of knowledge was wheat, then that means that wheat is a type of tree. So I might have the half minute to say that I could say boy aids on wheat. So I would have thought to say, or it enters your mind to say, So since Rabbi Yehuda says that um, wheat is a type of tree, well, livery chale boy aids. Well, then I should be able to say the brach of boy aids if it's a tree. Kamash Malan, rather the mission is teaching us that Hecha, this is super cool, this is super important. Hecha Mavarchinam Boy Priyaits, where do we apply the Bracha Boy Priyaits? Hecha Dechishaka Lele Pere, that when you pick the fruit, when you harvest the fruit, Isay Legavza Vehadar Mapik, the branch remains intact and will continue to produce fruit. However, if you um, if it's a tree where you remove the fruit and the branch is either gone or will no longer continue to produce fruit, you don't say rather you say and therefore um, wheat when you harvest it it's gone it won't grow more wheat you have to plant new wheat and therefore um, you can't say on it. You can only say Bari Priyadama on it. Super duper interesting. So that's essentially how we define Bari Priyadama versus Bari Priyadama, right? Bari Priyadama is something that the tree remains intact and keeps on growing fruit year after year. I guess like an apple tree or something like that. Or probably an orange tree, all that kind of stuff. But anything that, you know, you have to basically replant every year. So then, um, then, uh, or, you know, just whatever, the branch that you picked won't continue to produce fruit. Then it won't be Bari Priyadama, it'll be Bari Priyadama. Super duper interesting. Okay, cool. Valkulin and Amr Shahakol Vichulay. 
so now if he said Shakoni Abidvaro on um you know Bore Priadama stuff or Bore Pri eight stuff, so it works. Now Itmar, it was stated. We have now Machloksa between Rav Huna and Rav Yochanan about can you say Shahakol on bread and wine, right? So we said it works for Bore Priadama and Bore Priadama. What about for bread? What about for wine? What, right there, Brochazar, Amotzi Lechem and Aretz and Bore Priadagafen. So Itmar, Rav Huna Amar, Chutzman Apasum and Ayayin. So Rav Huna says, no, you can't say Shahakol and Abedvaro on bread and wine. Rav Yochanan Amar, Afilu Pasum and Yochanan says, no, you could say you could say Shakoni Abdvaro on anything, including bread and wine. Namakitanois, let's say that the machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yochanan is like a similar machlok, is like a machlokas between Tanoim, because after all, Rabbi and Rabbi Yochanan were Amorayim. So let's say that their dispute basically aligns with the dispute of Tanoim. What's this brisa of these Tanoim? It says, Roa pas v'omar. So a guy sees a loaf of bread, he says, wow, that is such beautiful bread. Blessed is God who created that piece of bread, that, that loaf of bread or whatever. Yotza. So it works. It works. All good. And if he sees a fig, he says, wow, that's mamish, a beautiful fig. Blessed is God who created that beautiful fig. Yotza. It works. Divir Rabbi Meir. That is Rabbi Meir's opinion. Cool. Rabbi Yossi Omer. Rabbi Yossi says, no way. Anybody who changes from the template that the Chachamim made for brachas is not Yotze. You can't just go to a fig and say, wow, that's a beautiful fig. Blessed is God who created that fig. It doesn't work like that. You say, Bore Priya eats on a fig. Okay? So the Gemara wants to say, So let's say, that Rav Huna, who says that you can say Shakoni who says you cannot say Shakoni on bread or on wine, holds like Rabbi um, Yossi, who says that you can't just you know change the template from the Chachamim, and Rabbi Yochanan, who says that you can say Hamotzilachim, um, who can say Shakoni on bread and on wine, so he'll be like. Rabbi Meir, who says you can just say, wow, that's a beautiful piece of bread. Blessed is God who made that bread. Okay? Oh. So now the Gemara is going to say how both Rav Huna and Rabbi Yochanan, they're both going to say how, no, both Rabbi Meir, both of the Tanaim, both Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi would agree with their position. So now Rav Huna starts first. So Rav Huna would say to you, I say, even according to Rabbi Meir, right? Rav Huna, who says that Shakon Yavidvro does not work on bread and on wine, says Rabbi Meir, who says that, uh, you know, you could just say, wow, what a beautiful piece of bread, blessed is God who created it, would agree with me that Shakon Yavidvro would not work on bread and wine. Adkan lo ka'am Rabbi Meir ha'asim ela heichad lo ka'mad kashmei de pas, haval heichad lo ka'mad kashmei de pas, afil Rabbi Meir mode. Rav Huna says that, you know, Rav Meir would say that, yeah, as long as the guy mentioned bread, it works. Kilo, as long as the guy said, wow, that's a beautiful loaf of bread, blessed is God who created it, yeah, sure, that's fine. But he would agree that in this case, where God just said, on bread, what does Shakoni have anything to do with bread? He didn't mention bread. So Rav Huna argues that Rabbi Meir would agree with him that you can't say Shakoni on bread. Okay. Rabbi Meir, uh, Zeo. 
And Rav Yochanan Amalach, and Rav Yochanan is going to try to show how both Tanaim would agree with him. On Adam, I feel Rav Yossi. So Rabbi Yochanan, who says that you can say Shakol Niyavidvaro on bread, says that even Rabbi Yossi, who says that you can't change the template of the Chachamim, would agree that you can, however, say Shakol on bread. Why? So Rabbi Yochanan says that the only reason why Rabbi Yossi says that saying, wow, that's a beautiful piece of bread, blessed is God who created it, he says it doesn't work because that's not a bracha. Brachas are she'akol, repriya eitz, repriya gafen, etc. Not, wow, that's beautiful, blessed is God who created it. So therefore, um, Rabbi Yochanan wants to argue that Rabbi Yossi would agree with him that you could say she'akon yebedvaro on bread. She'akon yebedvaro is a perfectly good bracha. Zeo, okay, so that's my close between Rabbi Huna and Rabbi Yochanan, right? Can you say she'akon yebedvaro on bread? We tried to say it lines up with a machlokas tanaim, but we said that no, both Rafuna and Rabbi Yochanan can make compelling arguments to say that both of both of the tanaim would agree with their opinions. So what do we say, Lemaisa? I'm not exactly sure. I think that you can make a bracha shakon on anything, I think. Okay, fine. Exciting stuff. Viter. Binyamin, okay, so now we're talking about where you kind of like improvise a shtickle on bracha harona, on benching. Okay, so we were just talking about, can you say Shachon Yevidvaro on Bracha Rishona? Can you say, wow, that's a beautiful bread, blessed is God who created it? That was talking about, you know, Bracha before eating bread. What about a Bracha after eating bread? Can you improvise Dartin? So, Binyamin Raya Karach Rifta. So, I think what his name is, Binyamin the Shepherd. I think Raya is a shepherd. I think it means Binyamin the Shepherd um, was eating bread. And then afterwards, Ve'amar, Brichmari Dai Pita. <laughs> Boom, done with benching. Maybe if he had a cup of wine, maybe maybe even said boy priyagafen afterwards bracha right bench ala kos zo that 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 was benching. So binyamin rai kachrifta v'amar brich mare dai pita he said blessed is the master of this bread. Straight into the point. Amar Rav yotza and Rav said binyamin the shepherd was just yotze benching. But I thought Rav's opinion was that in order for someone to be considered a bracha, you have to mention God's name. He didn't mention God's name. He just said, blessed is the master of this bread. So the Gemara says, yeah, so, so the Gemara says, oh, yeah, sorry. We, you know, he actually said, um, blessed is God, the master of this bread. So, so he did say God's name, and, that, and that's why Rav said that it works. But I thought that for benching, you have, there, there are three brachas in benching, and he's only saying one bracha. Now, you might be thinking, I thought there are four brachas in benching. So as we're going to learn, I assume in the next parak, um, the fourth bracha of benching is actually Midarabanan. It's not Midaraisa. So there are three brachas of benching. The first three brachas are Midaraisa. The last one is Midarabanan. Um, so doesn't he have to say three brachas? Over here, you know, even if you want to say that Brich, Rachmana, Maridai, Pita works, but that's still only one bracha. So my Yatsu, the Kamar Rav Nami, Yatsu Yidei, Bracha Rishona. So, no. Also, when Rav says that he's Taka Yotze with saying Brich Rachmana Maradai Pita, it means he's, brach, he's Yotze the first bracha of benching, but he still has to say the other two brachas. I wonder how he's going to say them. Uh, I wonder what fancy way he's going to one-line them. But uh, anyways, yeah, he's Yotze the first bracha. Okay, very cool. Mak Mashmalan. So then the Gemara says, okay, <clears throat> very nice, but what exactly is Rav teaching us? Afagav Damar Belashon Chol? What, that even though he benched Kilu in Aramaic, it works? But Tanina, we already have a Mishnah that tells us that you could bench in any language that you want. 
These can be said in any language that you want. Parsha Sota, right? We've talked about Sota a few times, right? So when you when when the Sota, when this woman, the suspected woman comes to the base of Mikdash, so they have a whole curse, right? They say, Yitin Hashem Osach the Allah of the Shvua, I think the Allah, I think for the Shvua or the Klala or something. The Klala Lashvua, something like that. The Allah Lashvua, I think. Right, something like that. Anyways, so 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 that thing could be said in 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 any language. Okay, fine. Vidui Meiser, as we talked about. Oh no, we didn't talk about. But anyways, hmm, is it the same thing as the Bikurim? But anyways, I, you would go to Vidur Meisers when you would take your Meiser to Jerusalem, your Meiser Shani, then you would say this whole thing, Biarte HaKodesh Menabayis, right? Arami Ovid Avi, that, right? That whole thing. So, no, let's, Arami Ovid Avi is Davka by Bikurim, and then Biarte HaKodesh Menabayis is Davka by Meiser Shani. Sorry for confusing these things. Honestly, I'd have to look them up to figure out which one's which. But in any event, Vidur Meisers, when you take your Meiser Shani to um, Jerusalem, and then you give it to the Kohen, Hmm. Maybe this is Maestro Ani. Honestly, I'd have to look this up. Because the... Honestly, I have to look this up, actually. You say you give it to the Gamun, the Tichel, the Koin, the Levi. I have to look this up. Because the Maestro goes to the Koin. But anyways, when, when you bring your Maestro, you do something called Vidui Maestro. And Vidui Maestro is basically you say that I got rid of all my um, Maestro from the house and, and I've given it to everybody, everybody who I'm supposed to give it to. Um, so that could be said in any language as well. Um, you could say Kriyashma as we learned earlier, right? That you could say Kriyashma in any language, right? In any language that you hear. You could pray in any language. And you can do in any language. So, so, so what's the Chiddush of Rav? Okay, great. Going back to our story. Great. Rav said that Binyam um, the shepherd can say Brich Rahmana Maridai Pita. So is he just saying that you could bench in any language? Like, we know that, Kilu, from that Mishnah. So, it's true. We needed Rab to teach us this. Because I might have, it would enter your mind to say, Because I may have had the thought to say that, sure, that Mishnah says that you can bench in any language, but I might think that you still have to say word for word translation from the Hebrew to whatever language you're saying. But just to say pita five words instead of like a hundred words for that bracha, that wouldn't work. So the Chiddush is that not only can he say it in Aramaic, he could even just say it in his own way, which is interesting. So, okay. Gufa, we said earlier. So Rav said that in order for a bracha to be a bracha, you have to mention God's name. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Yochanan says that in order for a bracha to be considered a bracha, you have to say, If you just say, whatever the bracha is, that doesn't work. You have to say, And Abai says it actually makes more sense to me, like Rav's opinion, that you just have to say God's name, but you don't have to say, The Tanya's, we learn in Abraisa, so this is, I thought that this is by, yeah, this is by Truman and Meiser, right? When, by the Vidur Meiser that we just talked about a minute ago, right? He goes to Jerusalem and he says this whole thing. And he says, I didn't transgress any of your mitzvahs and I didn't forget anything. So he learns, this is a, this is a brisa. It says, 
I didn't violate from blessing you, which is super interesting that we're saying I didn't violate from blessing you because we also said earlier that the bracha isn't ma'akeh. Kilu, you can do these mitzvahs without making a bracha. If you put on tzitzis and you don't make a bracha, put on tefillin, if you separate truma and maestro and you don't make a bracha, you're still yotze. And yet it's giving so much significance to the bracha that it says, I didn't transgress by not making the bracha. And maybe it's similar to like what we said the other day, that um, somebody who, 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 who gets hana without making a bracha, it's kilu like he's stealing from God. And Rashi said, it's kilu he's stealing his bracha. So kilu, there is a lot of, even though you don't need the bracha in order to be yotze, the mitzvah, there's a lot of significance and importance to, to giving the bracha um, for God. And the Bryce says, and I didn't forget to mention your name upon it. I.e., what's important is that when you make the bracha, you say God's name. You don't necessarily have to say, I look in the Vilu malchus lo katani doesn't say malchus. Rabbi Yochanan, tani v'lo shachachni v'lazki yashimcha u'malchus chalav. So ah, easy fix. Rabbi Yochanan just says no. The second part of that price is that not only have I forgot not uh, forgotten to um, make a bracha, but I also mentioned your name and malchus and elokeinu melacholam. Okay, what about the fact that the price seems to not mention malchus and he's just adding it? I don't know. Let's maybe saying that there's different versions of the price. I don't know. Okay, sweet. New Mishnah. Something that doesn't grow from the ground. So you say on that, Shakoni Ebdvaro. Okay. Alachometz, I'm vinegar. Vala Novlos, we're going to explain in the Gemara what Novlos are. Vala Govayan, I'm grasshoppers. Omer Shakoni Ebdvaro, you talk to say Shakoni Ebdvaro. Interesting. Rabbiuda Omer, Koshu min Klala in Varchanalav. Rabbiuda says, yeah, but something that's a curse like grasshoppers, I guess, like locust or whatever, something like that, or chometz, vinegar, like if your wine turns to vinegar, if it's a curse, then you're not going to make a brach on it at all. If he had all sorts of different types of foods in front of him. Now, I assume what this means is that they're all the same bracha. Kilu, you had a whole bunch of like, maybe you have apples, oranges, and dates. So if one of them is a shiva saminim, so in our example, apples, oranges, and dates, so dates are one of the seven species. So you'd make a bracha on the dates. Chacham says, look, you make a bracha on whichever one you want. You want to make a bracha on the apple? Make a bracha on the apple. Okay. Taner Rabbanan, the rabbis taught, Adavrash engidulo mina aretz, on something that doesn't grow from the ground, kigon, beside behemos, chayos, ve'ofos, ve'dogim, right? Like the flesh of animals, animals, like domesticated animals, like cows, chayos, wild animals, like deer, that they live out in the wild. The ofos, birds, the dogim, fish, omer shakoni abidvaro. Okay? Alchala, valabates, and valagvina. On milk, on eggs, and on cheese, omer shako. Okay? Alapat sheifsha, which is interesting, on moldy bread. Valayayin shehikrim, or on wine that's like congealed. Valatavshil shavatsuras, or some kind of cooked dish that doesn't look like the cooked dish it's supposed to look like. Omer shako, and these things say shako, which is super interesting. I don't know, I guess that there's still some edible value to them. Okay. I guess you still get some kind of benefit. Alamelach valazomis, on salt and on, you know, these brines that we mentioned the other day. Val fitrios, on truffles and on mushrooms. Omer shako niebidvaro. Omer shako. Okay. So now we're going to talk about mushrooms for a second. How come on mushrooms we say shako? Lememer de kmein ufitrios lav gidule karkaninu? Are you telling me that truffles and mushrooms don't grow from the ground. So now the Gemara is going to make a distinction now between growing from the ground and actually getting the nourishment from the ground. So, you know, the way like Rashi is explaining it is basically, you know, 
fungi basically grow in moist areas, right? So the moisture that comes from the ground, you know, causes these fungi to grow, but the actual nutritional value is coming from the thing that they're growing upon. So if they're growing on a tree, their, their nutritional value is coming from the tree, but their growth is sort of spurred by the moisture coming from the ground. So, Ve'altanya, we learn in a brisa. So somebody says, I'm not getting any fruits of the ground. So he's not allowed to have fruit, but he's allowed to have mushrooms and truffles because they're not considered fruit of the ground. Okay. But if he says anything that grows from the ground, I'm not going to get any benefit from. So then he can't even have truffles and mushrooms because they grow, their growth is from the ground, from the moisture that comes from the ground. So Abaye answers, so, so Abai highlights this distinction that while they sort of grow from the ground, you know, from the moisture in the ground, that's what spurs their growth, but their nutrition, right, their nutrients don't come from the ground. They come from whatever tree they're growing on. Okay, but the Gemara asks, Yeah, but we said that when you say Shakoni Abedvaro, you say Shakoni Abedvaro on things that don't have their growth from the ground. But here, their growth is coming from the ground, i.e., from the moisture of the ground. That's what spurs their growth, right? And therefore, and that should be Adama. So the Gemara answers, katane. No, so tni. So teach al and yonek minaretz. No, say that something doesn't that doesn't sort of get its nourishment, its sustenance from the ground. That's what you say, shakon yevdvaro. And here. Um, Mushrooms don't get their sustenance from the ground, therefore you're not going to say boy priyadama on them, you say shakol niyabidvaro. Okay? Very cool. Vela novlos. And on novlos, you say shakol niyabidvaro. The question is, what are novlos? So my novlos, what are novlos? Rabzera, Rabila. Oh. So we have Rabzera and Rabila and Rabila chime, chiming in over here. Kharamar Boshle Kamar, Vikharamar Tamar Dizika. One of them says it's these dates that have been scorched and made totally dried out and no good from the sun. So and those who say And the other opinion is that they're, they're dates that have just been blown off their tree. So I guess they're, they're just perfectly edible. They've just been knocked off the tree. So Tana, Rabbi Yudah says, Rabbi Yudah, Now Rabbi Yudah said, right, after the statement that said that on vinegar and on novlos and on grasshoppers, you say So Rabbi Yudah says, no, you don't say because all these, all these things are curses. And on curses, you don't say you don't make a bracha. So So I understand if we understand these novlos to be dates that have been completely scorched and like made inedible um, or just at least not particularly good so that I understand why it's referred to as a curse. But if you say that these novlos are just perfectly good dates that have been knocked off the tree, what, what, what am I missing here? What's the curse? Right? So the Gemara says Asha'ara. No, when Rabbi says that whatever is a curse, you don't make a blessing on. It's referring to the vinegar and the grasshoppers, you know, assuming that they're going to come and destroy your crops, but not necessarily on these dates that fell off the tree. Okay. Ikidamir, those who explain this sort of dialogue over here, as Bishlam Laman the Amr Bosh Kamra, I understand if you say that it's um, dates that have been scorched by the sun. That's why the bracha is no longer Boi It's Shakon because they're like not really like the fruit anymore, right? They're not really dates anymore. They're like some dried, weird thing. Right? 
But if you say that it's just perfectly good dates that got knocked off the tree, why would you be saying shakoni dvar on them? You should say boy pre'ets on them. Okay, so the Gemara says, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. In the Mishnah, when it says novlos, it's talking about um, dates that have been scorched by the sun. That's where they're shakoni dvar. El benovlos stoma kule amalo plige dibashule kamra ninu. So with novlos, stam novlos, like in our Mishnah, yeah, you're right. They are um, dates that have been scorched by the sun. But ki plige, where is this machlokas about, you know, are novlos things that have been scorched by the sun or are they dates that have been knocked off the tree? Benovlos tomorrow. It's when it says novlos tomorrow, that's where they argue. Ditnan, we learn in a Mishnah. So now this Mishnah is um, in Masechta Demai. What is Demai? Demai is... is, is um, fruit that you, or, you know, it's any, I guess, product that's chayev and miser that you buy from an amaret. An amaret is somebody who isn't trustworthy that they took their 10% tithe and gave it to the um, levy, okay? So because we can't trust that he um, did miser, we can't eat it before we take our own miser, okay? So now we're saying, but there are certain things that you don't really have to be concerned um, about buying them from an amaret. You can assume that, that the amaret took um, miser from it because they're like pretty cheap. Like, you know, it's not, you know, a big financial burden for him to take miser from it. Hashisin, or we're going to explain all these things in a minute. Hashisin varimin vauzradin, v'nos shuachu v'nos shikma, v'gofnin v'nitzba, v'novlos tomorrow. Okay, what are all these things? Shisin, amrav rabachan, amrav yochanan, min te'enim. Okay, so shisin are a kind of fig. Rimin are kande, which apparently is a lot. If anybody knows what a lot is, I would love to know. Hauzradin tolshe, Uzradin are crab apples. Bnoshuach, Amrav Babachan, Amrav Yochanan, Te'ene Chivarta. So Bnoshuach apparently are white figs. Okay. Bnoshikma, Amrav Babachan, Amrav Yochanan, Dovle. Bnoshikma, Shikma are fruit of the sycamore tree. Okay. Gofne is Shile Gofne. So Gofne is a reference to um, grapes that remain on the vines at the end of the season. All right. Nitzba is parcha, right? Nitzba is the fruit of the caper bush, as we learned a few days ago. Novlos tamara, and what is these novlos tamara that, like, a, you know, a guy doesn't really, you know, he'll take meiser on it, no problem, he doesn't really care. Rab ilav rab chad amar bosh lekama, v'chad amar tamar dezika. So one of them says it's these sun-scorched um, uh, dates, and the other one says it's these dates that were blown off the tree. So now the Gemara says, Bishlam Lamanda Amr Kamra Boshle Kamra. I understand according to Manda Amr says that it's sun scorched dates. Hani de Katania Kalan Chibidmai, Svekanu de Potter, Ha Vadan Chayav. So I understand why we refer, if you say that it's sun scorched um, dates, well, I get it. It's talking about dates that were scorched by the sun. The guy then harvested them. And now we're not sure if he took off the, uh, uh, mice or not. And as long as we're not sure, we can assume that he did. But if we would know 100% that he didn't take mice, then we'd have to take mice from it. Okay. But one second, if we're talking about uh, dates that have just randomly been blown off the tree, we're not talking about dates that were harvested by somebody, in which case they would be chayev and mice. We're talking about dates that were blown off a tree, and so therefore they're hefker, right? They're, they're ownerless. Anybody could take them. You just found them on the floor. So in that case, you wouldn't have to take miser. You know, you don't have to, if, if I just go and like take a fruit from like hefker and just eat it, I can do that. I don't have to take truma and miser from it. So therefore this also, right? It blew off the tree. Why would I have to take miser on it? We're talking about demai. We don't know. We took miser or not. Well, if it's dates that were blown off the tree, then there's no reason to take miser from it. 
So I don't get it then. So the Gemara answer is actually, actually, um, no. So here what it's talking about is that you took these um, dates that were blown off the tree, but then you made them into a pile. And because you made them into a pile, you actually do have to take miser from them. And we're, and, you know, and, we're, and we're saying that, but because they were dates that were blown off the tree, the guy, uh, you can assume that if you got it from the Amar, it's, he already took miser. That leket shichachan peah that you made into a pile, you have to take meiser from them. What's leket shichachan peah? Basically, when you're harvesting, I, I wonder if they came up before. I don't remember. But basically, when you're harvesting a field, there are three things that you leave for poor people. One of them is, um, you know, stuff that fell. If you're like harvesting and you know some stuff fell on the floor, so you leave that for poor people, right? Shichacha is what you know if you forgot to um, you know harvest certain things and you leave that stuff that you forgot for the poor people. And peya is you leave a corner of your field for poor people. And, 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 and it becomes hefker, right? Anybody could take it. And they don't have to take truma and miser. But if they make it into a pile, then they do have to take truma and miser. So therefore here also, you know, even these, you know, you could say that these, um, um, what was it, novlos tamare are, are these dates that were blown off the tree and he's chayv to take miser because um, he made them into a pile. Okay. Ikadamr, those who say, bishlam alamanda amr tamri dezika, or I understand if you say that these demai uh, thing is talking about um, uh, dates that were, that were blown off the tree. Right? The Gemara says, I understand if you say that by demai, uh, it's talking about um, dates that were blown off the tree. Well, that is why, meaning we said that novlos in our Mishnah is referring to, right, when we say Shakon Yavdro, is Bosh Kamara, the sun-scorched ones. Okay, so we, we refer to those just as Novlos. And then in um, Demai, when we say Novlos Tamara, it's something else. It's these dates that were blown off the tree. But if you say that both of them are referring to sun-scorched dates, well then why in our mission do we just call them Novlos, whereas in Demai we call them Novlos Tamara? Wouldn't that imply that they're two separate things? So, Lingmar uh, says Kasha, yeah, it's Taka good Kasha. Okay, say it. Very good. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed. I think there was, there was some interesting stuff over here. You know, improvising brachas. Can you talk after you say a motzi? Um, right. Of course. I don't know if I pointed out before. You know, we're talking about all these foods that are good for you. But of course, you know, you can just eat borscht, as we learned yesterday. Because borscht is good for your eyes, good for your heart, good for your digestion. Just eat borscht. But anyways, what else we talk about? The bracha on, 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 um, on uh, mushrooms. All sorts of interesting stuff. What what's considered a bori priya aids versus bori priya dama? That's a cool one. Anyways, great. I hope everyone enjoyed. And as usual, peace out.